Hi everyone, I'm Pankaj Mishra and you are listening to the Outliers podcast. It's a podcast, a series of conversations with outliers. I'm really thrilled uh, to be doing this conversation with Dimant and Anuradha, the co-founders of Better India. Welcome to the podcast, Dimant and Anuradha. Thanks, Pankaj. Thanks for having us. Thank you for having us. You know, uh, I must tell you, uh, while I haven't been to a journalism school, uh, but I have been a journalist for like a couple of decades. But, uh, you know, the first time I heard, uh, I, I noticed Better India, I, I remember asking myself, how can uh, there be someone who would only focus on positivity? You know, I mean, j- journalists are normally skeptical. So I found it hard to believe. But over years, I watched what both of you are building. And kudos to you, uh, what's come up. So first of all, uh, you know, really congratulations. Thanks a lot, Pankaj. Thanks, Thank you. Great. So let's just to kickstart this, uh, Anuradha and Dhimant. You know, it would really help if you could give uh, us a sense of where you come from. Uh, maybe uh, how did you meet maybe, you know, <laughs> that alliance. But, uh, you know, just to give uh, the listeners uh, an idea about uh, what are your backgrounds? Uh, are there anything in particular, uh, you know, from early life that helped you shape who you are today? I think, uh, you know, the interesting thing you brought out, Pankaj, was that, uh, you know, how did peop- how did anyone think of, uh, starting uh, or, you know, running something, uh, you know, stories which are only focused around positivity, right? And you said journalists are typically skeptic. So I think the reason we were able to think about this in the first place and, uh, you know, run something like this is because we are not journalists as well. Both of us are engineers. And I think we uh, approach this from a very engineering, problem-solving sort of a uh, sort of an approach, you know, it was it was more about here's a problem and here's how we can try and solve it. So uh, that's that's in in a nutshell, uh, you know, how how we thought of this idea. The the fact that we don't come from a typical journalistic background helps us think outside of that mold uh, in some way. Uh, Dimant, you want to talk about how we met? Or yeah. So <laughs> so um, so we both had a very typical. Bangalore upbringing, right? We're both, born, you know, I'm born and brought up and um, Anurad is also brought up in uh, Bangalore. We we, um, we did pretty much what a conventional Bangalorean would have done in those times, uh, you know, went to school and then went to do engineering, right? So um, uh, I did computer science engineering and Anuradha did uh, civil engineering and then, uh, you know, worked in large tech companies. Um, Anuradha went to Infosys. I, I was working at Honeywell. Um, so that's like what a conventional, I think, when you were growing up in <laughs> Bangalore in the 80s and the 90s, this is pretty much the, the choices that you had, like the only choice you had really, either become an engineer or a doctor and largely engineer in Bangalore, right? Uh, so so, uh, so it turned out that, you know, because we came from a similar sort of a background, we had very similar interests, which of course we discovered much later when we met uh, at uh, B-School. So we both met at... Uh, the Indian School of Business in Hyderabad. This was back in 2006, where, uh, yeah, we both had, you know, got selected for that one-year DMBA program there. 
And that's where we really met. And then post that, uh, we stayed in touch. And um, yeah, uh, we got married. And then the idea of the Better India kind of evolved. Like Anuradha mentioned, I think it had, it, it had a lot more to do with the fact that um, we wanted to view. See, this was a time, I think 2007, 2008 was a time when the internet was really taking off. And we were starting to see so many businesses being built on the internet. Um which which were going to which were which were really solving some fundamental needs. So travel was coming up. Uh, there were travel sites coming up. There was uh, you know movies were being booked on the internet. There was uh, commerce happening, and all of that was kind of starting to take shape. Social networking and all. And so one of the thoughts that uh, Anuradha and I had is that could you leverage the internet to actually build a for-profit, impact-focused business? Right. Mm-hmm. Both of us kind of fundamentally believe in impact, um, wanting to do a lot for you know, social uh, on the on the social uh, sector development sector, and we said you know why not kind of leverage the internet to drive large scale impact. And when we kind of started thinking through this, we realized that the the biggest way to drive impact would be to kind of really mobilize people using the power of stories to start with, and and that is when uh, you know the idea of the Better India came along. Um, uh, so it was more of an approach from that perspective that can we give a spotlight on the stuff that's working in the country with the hope that many more people get inspired and then replicate this and this becomes a movement. Uh, so it was more from uh, that perspective that the Better India started. So in our heads, it has always been an impact platform uh, of using storytelling to build that community. Uh, absolutely agree with both of you and, and the point that Anuradha made as well. Uh, you know, so journalism or not journalism, you know, I, I think even if we look at it as human beings, uh, one of the things I always wanted to ask both of you is, what is the source of optimism for both of you? And I'm asking that question that if, even if you look at stories or, or content or media, there's so much of clutter, right? Now, in that environment, for anyone to stay optimistic uh, or, you know, keep hunting for the good things that that are happening around us it is courageous and and it is remarkable so what are the first principles for both of you how do you stay looking for good stuff uh, can you you know even as an engineer what what is the playbook there you know what what is the source code if, if i may ask both of you yeah um you know i think uh, what has kept us going is the impact that we've been driving almost every single day now, right? So it just goes back all the way to when we started this as a side project in 2008-2009. We basically, um, you know, we had written a couple of stories and then suddenly people started writing back to us saying, you know, how a particular story changed their life, how they were able to go connect and, you know, bring about a transformation and so on, right? And that's the kind of feedback loop that we started getting. And then eventually we reached certain scales where there were like, you know, thousands of people writing into us saying that the story, how it led them to change or, or an organization would write to us saying, hey, because you guys featured us, suddenly we, you know, we have so many people coming in and donating so much stuff. A social enterprise would write to us saying, I've just received... Uh, venture capital funding because you guys wrote to us and it, it was so much of interest. I think uh, I think the sense of optimism that has been coming in is largely driven by the constant regular feedback on the impact that we get from because of the stories that we 
we put out i don't otherwise i don't know anuradha can add but i don't know if inherently we are very optimistic people um, probably not <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think uh, it's it started with the whole uh, uh, you know i mean we were we were avid uh, avid consumers of news uh, always you know so when we would look around us uh, way back in 2008 also when we started there was so much negativity and sensationalism in the news uh, whereas you know when we looked around us like we we ourselves were involved uh, in a few uh you know cause driven uh, initiatives we knew a lot of friends and family members also who were uh volunteering donating you know doing so many uh so many good things and there were so many organizations that we knew of who were genuinely trying to help uh you know marginalized communities and things like that so we felt that these were all getting drowned in the noise there was just absolutely uh nobody talking about them no recognition for the uh you know efforts they were putting in and there was no way for them to uh to to reach out to an audience in any way you know with with the crowded newspapers so that's that's really that was one of the triggers for us where we saw uh so you know i mean when we say positive news right we don't really mean uh feel good news or happy news right the idea is to talk about solutions to talk about change to talk about impact and to talk about it in such a way that other people uh, are not only inspired but they also feel that you know this is this is so simple i mean if if that person could do it with their limited resources with you know they they were regular people as well right you know the way the people we cover are really regular joes it's not like we are covering superheroes right it's just the way you know people go about uh in spite of their own constraints in spite of their own uh, few resources they still go out of their way uh, to do something and those are the kind of stories that make everyone feel that they, it's it's not necessary to wait for a certain time in life or a certain uh fortune having been built or a certain you know that the conventional mindset we had that we have to uh, have you know wait for us uh, after retirement for instance or wait till we have a certain uh, fortune amassed before we can delve into social work what was called uh, you know it it was it was a very very clear mindset that there's a time and place for social work and uh, you know the prime of your life is not for that and right? we wanted to basically break that mindset and show that it's possible for everyone with their jobs with their family lives with their hectic schedules to also make a difference in some small way or the other and i think that was where we came from when we started talking about the the change that people were driving the change makers and the solutions that we started talking about uh, that was really the incremental change we wanted to bring about if if i look back at better india's journey Uh, when did you know this is something you want to bet your careers on or life on in that sense as as entrepreneurs right i mean there is that spark that happens or or maybe there were series of them i mean there are also dull moments we must talk about them as well but uh, when did you know this is going to be something that you will bet your careers on uh that's a very good question um and i the way i when you kind of look back right while we started this as a side project in 2008 2009 um and we continued kind of you know uh, documenting these stories of change uh, i would say it was roughly around 2012 uh 
that uh, we decided that you know this is potentially a uh, a large enough need that is being met i would say uh, uh, where, where we started seeing sensing that organically itself we had grown to a fairly large number by 2012 um, and and in 2013 14 we also started seeing revenue streams opening up um, and so i think by 2013 we both were in it full time um and um, by then we knew that this is something that we really want to do purely because a the volumes of mails that were coming in talking about how this was a game changer for many people how this was really catalyzing uh, change on the ground right uh, so that was one big one and fundamentally i think both of us believe that if you build something of significant value uh, monetization and all of that will kind of get figured out so let's not worry about that but the fact that we were able to kind of build something at scale and it was driving change at the scale that we wanted uh, is when we knew that we should definitely back this people also talk about and i have been i am a rookie entrepreneur i'm not as seasoned as both of you but there are also those uh, valleys of death right that startups <laughs> talk about right so what what are those moments in your journey when you felt like okay this is not going to work so if at all you know i don't wish that that you had but still if you had and and what were the key lessons that you learned if there was such moments no absolutely pankaj i think uh, valleys of that uh, i would say i mean it's definitely a plural right a lot of a lot of them crop up uh, in the entrepreneurial journey journey i think there is no journey uh, to talk about unless you have uh faced a lot of them and i think we have we definitely had our fair share uh from from naysayers right right from the beginning who who discouraged us from the idea itself i mean it made no sense to anybody whether it was uh veterans from the industry who said you know there's a reason why nobody in, in media has ever done positive news or or become uh you know sign grown to any significance uh you know writing positive stories uh to our family members who were aghast that we were you know letting go of uh you know our jobs and everything to concentrate on 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 an idea like this right so uh so right from that stage to of course fundraising is is always a difficult prospect to uh you know figuring out revenue models we we were right from the beginning we were very uh, clear that we wanted to build this as a sustainable business model and not as a as a non-profit or something right so uh for us sustainability was 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 of prime importance and we had to quickly figure out models that would uh, sustain the business without compromising on our values so that was another difficult one so there were certainly so uh, a whole lot of challenges um that that would come up uh, regularly and uh, frequently and 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 not just that i would say you know these are external factors but but an entrepreneur always has a lot of devils within himself or herself also to battle um so so you know whether whether it is confidence in the idea uh to questioning yourself uh you know um whether you're on the right pa- right path whether you know you're you're building things uh you know well or you know um there there are there are so many um, obstacles and challenges to face you want to want to add anything else yeah no i think um, you you said it right it's uh, 
it is indeed valleys of death i don't think there is a single sort of a thing and <laughs> and the i think the challenge is always to uh, navigate yourself and uh, be clear about the overall idea of why you started in the first place right i think i think a lot of that gets into lost uh, mm-hmm. when you are very close to uh, your business and when you are very close to the operations and stuff right so every now and then it would uh, be important to kind of step back and really think why you started and what is the best way to get out of uh, a bad situation especially the early stages i would definitely say it was very hard um we both had uh, you know as you would imagine engineering and then the mba the very conventional sort of a background uh, uh, and so the kind of jobs we had uh, the corporate jobs you know leaving for both of us to leave that um, and to do something which had so much uncertainty uh was itself a big challenge uh, we would definitely get questioned both from the outside world and from uh, from both of us internally um and then of course you know um building something like this in a space where um digital media in general if you look at it uh, any any com- you know m- most companies which have been digital first right in the content space have really struggled to um yeah. to to crack uh, uh, revenues to crack uh, scale uh, it's been hard uh so we were also in that situation right so uh, so there was even more kind of um, uh, ambiguity and doubt which would creep in uh, which is why we kind of uh, tried to navigate it and not treat it as how a media company was being you know treated but we treated it as a business we treated it as a business with a purpose and we figured out a various set of different completely different models of uh, generating revenues to stay relevant and scale uh, and i think the that's been really the the fun part of the journey as well um to take on something which is unprecedented um and kind of go through it i think it gave us both uh, a very different kind of an experience and of course it helped that we were both in this together um so you know you're sharing pretty much the entire up and down uh, journey together was uh, really really helpful yeah so well said and actually now i understand why it takes uh, an engineer <laughs> to solve tough problems you know i i don't i don't agree with that statement i just i just think it only in this particular case it helped us to view it differently <laughs> no no i i agree with both of you no 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 i, I no i mean absolutely you don't mean to generalize <laughs> <laughs> no 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 this is this is this does make sense you know uh, one more thing uh, i wanted to understand like in a in a in an entrepreneurship like when there are two i mean founders or co-founders uh, there's a lot of spotlight on how that happens right uh, how you know sometimes there are co-founder conflicts uh, there are disagreements uh, now you are a couple as well so how how does it happen like you know so how do you deal with disagreements how do you manage conflicts i'm you know i'm asking very open question uh, but this is right through the lens of uh, entrepreneurship and founder uh, uh, relationship than anything else yeah absolutely i think uh, conflicts are bound to happen if if there is more than one person uh, you know i mean when it's your baby and i mean even if it's your baby right when you're raising your child also you have different views on how to raise the child so uh, it's it's similar with a with a business uh, right so yes there are uh you know there could be conflicting uh areas uh you know of thought but but the uh but what's worked for us really has been to uh clearly demarcate our focus areas you know and and it helped that we also had complementary skills so 
you know, like for instance, Diman would take care of tech. Uh, he would look into marketing, um, growth, revenues, and I would look into content uh, partnerships. You know, growth on that side. So, uh, you know, it, it it was really good that we were able to do that early on, and um, I think it also helped that we were a couple. We would, we, you know, we could see eye to eye on most uh, issues, and we could we could. Uh, uh, you know, we could really thrash out conflicts very early on. You know, if if you didn't have that sort of a relationship, it could fester. But with us, I mean, uh, we could just talk out, uh, talk about anything. So I think that that those are some of the uh, you know factors that really helped us uh, navigate through any conflicts. Yeah. Um, no, one thing I want to add. I think where I I personally think that us being a married couple. Uh, actually helped uh, and is and we both view this as an advantage that we have um, because fundamentally right uh, conflicts always happen we still kind of tend to disagree on many things and you know all th- those are part of running a business but what what kind of changes is that when you are for instance when you're married and you know your the the ego between the two of you isn't really there because you're not out there to prove anything Right? And so, yeah. and so, 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 a, so a conflict or a debate kind of tends to really be objective in that sense. Uh, I really have no point to score by kind of winning an argument. Neither does you know. I'd rather have a point to score because fundamentally we're married couples. You really don't have an ego there. Um, you're not having any power play there. Um, and so that I believe has personally helped us. And we've also kind of seen this that. The complementary skills that Anuradha pointed out was a huge, a huge benefit that we managed to kind of play up uh, significantly. I, I do think, um, and you know, Anuradha is more of a very detail-oriented kind of a person, um, a lot more organized than I am. Um, and my strength has largely been on, you know, being able to kind of chart out the larger pictures. But I really struggle when that has to be translated into an execution strategy, right? And that is where kind of Anuradha is, is very strong on it. Um, so these two coupled with the fact that, you know, we are actually married, uh, I think has helped us uh, endlessly. No, that that explains this, uh, you know, and, and, and very well uh, chronicled actually. So thanks for that. On a, on a more final note, there are a couple of things I wanted to uh, learn more about before I let both of you go. Uh, so first of all, uh, give me a sense of where Better India is in terms of reach, scale, any way that you measure, uh, that would help. And then take me through, uh, if if you can, uh, handpick three to five uh, biggest lessons from journey in terms of building Better India. What would be some of them? Yeah, um, so from uh, where the Better India is today, um, we uh, we... You know, we are more of a social media distributed company. This was a call we took many years ago where we realized that the world is going to move towards consuming content on different platforms and we will basically take content to people on those platforms. Now, that was, of course, another very contrary view. Earlier, everyone was like, you know, we need to own the platform and then you monetize people. Uh, We took a very different view. Um, So in that whole model now, where we stand is that across all our social media channels, uh, where we are, that's, you know, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, bunch of third-party aggregators and all, we, we are collectively consumed by close to about 50 million people every month uh, in English, uh, in Hindi. Uh, so that number is for English. In Hindi, we are close to about 15 million. Um, 
across the various platforms. And then we're also in Malayalam. It's a very sort of a new unit. Uh, about two million, uh, two million a month, uh, sort of a reach. Um, so that's where the Better India is. Uh, it has worked with over two hundred of India's biggest uh, brands, uh, who come and work with us, where we co-create content around meaningful subjects. You know, so we basically would partner with a brand to talk about a cause that they value and that is aligned with what the Better India wants to talk about, and then together we go really deeper into that cause. So that's really how we've been working with brands, and we've had some of India's and in fact some of some of the world's biggest uh, brands working with us, and they continue to kind of do so. Uh, so that's where uh, that's where uh, we are in terms of learnings. Uh, you said five learnings. Yeah, you can make them fifty, yeah, but I mean, three I to five. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of learnings, uh, especially in terms of uh, things that you should not do. I would say I think there have been uh, a lot of uh, learnings on that front. Because sure. I think we do end up making a lot of mistakes, especially when you're early stage starting up, right? I think, uh, but my my biggest learning, I think, uh, Pankaj, has been that you need to hire really well. Um, because as founders, while you've got the idea and you've got the vision and everything, right? I think if you don't get your next set of team members um, correct, I think it can make or break, um, you know, the startup. So for me, I think the biggest learning has been that how do you really hire people with the right uh, attitude? Really, not not it's not been more, more it's not about the skill set at all. In fact, I think I still remember that the first set of uh, people who joined us did not even have a a background in in what they were doing. Like our first set of writers were again both engineers. Um, our first marketing head was uh, had done uh, you know uh, studied advertising or something and had not done marketing uh, our first salesperson was me who had never done sales um, i think it was more about getting the right attitude uh, and people who believed in the larger cause as compared to this. so that's that's really been my first learning i think one of the biggest learnings for me uh, personally has been about um upholding our value system right i mean i think that is what really creates a brand in the in a long in the long run um, for us, uh, having having a very clear set of guidelines of do's and don'ts, uh, the kind of content, for instance, that we will do uh, is very purpose driven. So our writers are, you know, encouraged to ask the right questions, uh, even in select se- selecting the stories. We are very, very uh very niche very selective in what kind of stories we will put up uh what is the impact of that uh in our fact checking and everything so uh upholding a certain value system i feel is very reward rewarding in the long run because um even if uh you, even you know you might not be aware of it but after a certain uh point of time i think it 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 um uh, it sets you up for a certain um uh, you know, uh, recognition or, or a certain level of success. Because, I mean, what happened with us was the way we started doing, uh, of course, first of all, uh, first of all, the way we selected our stories and the way we wrote them, the kind of quality we upheld. And secondly, the the uh, way we worked with brands, you know, we were very niche. We, we had to, you know, uh, let go of a lot of campaigns or, you know, money on the table because we had a certain way of working and you know we had certain values there we would not compromise 
that that sort of set up a long term trend where you know of course initially it was really hard to get the revenues going but after a point uh, you know when brands would come to us and our team would suggest something they would say no this does not sound like a tbi story you know it it became a certain standard in the um, in the industry as such so having uh, i think establishing that i mean it definitely is a longer and tougher route but i think it pays off in the long run yeah um, you know the third thing i would add is being frugal pankaj i i can't stress mm-hmm. this enough and i i think we've been very very frugal throughout our journey mm-hmm. uh, yes. and always looking for opportunities to monetize um because like initially we didn't have any money we actually uh, ended up putting in pretty much all our savings for two years working without income um and and i think frugality is what got us through a lot of the ups and downs uh, in the, in this space so yeah so being very frugal is very very critical and also being trying to be very innovative and in identifying newer and newer models of revenue monetization was the key that got us through in the in the early years yeah these are good lessons yeah and i think uh, I think one more principle we've always stood by was fail fast, yeah. uh, right? But keep trying out new things. So yeah. for us, I mean, uh, learning was the minute you let go of, uh, you know, you the spirit of experimentation. You are really, uh, you you start dying. So it's it's really important, and we we've we've. uh learn this by you know working with our teams in trying to help come up with innovative ideas and when, whenever we do that i mean we see a huge um you know uptake so it's it's really important to have that especially i think in the digital world where where things get obsolete so fast i mean a new idea is either copied by everyone or um and and becomes a commodity so quickly that you have to keep coming up with something new something exciting engaging um all the time so i think again there maybe our engineering or tech uh, sort of a mindset helped us um you know have that sort of a uh, you know a working uh model where where it's always important to keep trying out but uh, kill all ideas that don't work and and double up on the ones that do that's that's been one major learning for us that it's important to do that in this context yeah no no definitely that has helped us a lot we've been experiment we must have had at least 100 experiments on different things on content content formats revenues revenue models and stuff like that uh, uh, so that that's definitely been there the fifth learning i would say and i think this is very sort of um contrary to a lot of um, you know a lot of learnings that you read outside about startups and stuff my my view has been that there this whole product market fit right um there isn't a clear product market fit you this whole market kind of keeps evolving every 5 months 6 months one year so the constant need to keep hustling your way through to stay ahead of where the market is going to be uh, is what can keep you ahead in 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 a, in a digital world um which is and the way we managed to do that of course goes back to all the experimentation and kind of thing but the but the ability to kind of read uh, and predict where the future prospects are going to be i think is very crucial in uh, and i and i speak from a very digital uh, fast moving consumer based sort of a world uh, i do think that product market fit is a fluid phenomenon which you have to kind of keep at it and keep trying to stay relevant otherwise you tend to kind of become uh, 
move in the background very quickly. You know, uh, before we uh, sign off, is it possible for you to illustrate uh, two things, uh, one on fail fast and perhaps on product market fit learning as well, uh, by using something from the Better India journey? Uh, if, if it is possible for you, it would really help uh, illustrate uh, both these things. Yeah, um, so I'll uh, so I'll start with this whole uh, thing around um, you know. Uh, so sorry, you said fail fast, and the other one, uh, which is the product. experimentation part, the product. Part? Yeah, no, the ha huh, the product market fit uh, that you talked about. It's a very well well made point, uh, and I think a lot of investors and startups obsess about it a lot. Yeah, right? yeah, they do, they do, um, and uh, here's see. So here's the thing, right? If I just look at the entire journey, uh, the background. When we started the Better India, we would write these sort of uh, really longish form of pieces of content about certain organizations and institutions in the development sector and so on. And they used to be like really long form. And then we used to get good readership, good time spent on page. And I could have kind of just stuck to that, right? But very quickly, we saw this whole advent of Twitter. We saw this attention spans kind of starting to decrease. uh, And we saw that okay, more and more people actually want to consume content with lesser and lesser time. But there was also an audience which was consuming uh, the long-form content. So we kind of we continued that. We segmented and kept a separate sort of distribution channels for that long-form. And then we introduced this really short-form snippets, which we called Quick Bites. And that, and that pretty much in a year doubled and tripled our readership uh, because suddenly people were able to kind of read us in a very sort of a quick, less dense manner. And then we we, we anticipated that videos were going to be the next thing. And we were one of the first to move to um, to do stories on videos um, even before Facebook started pushing it out, right? And and so when the wave came, we were right at the peak and um, we, we, we kind of wrote that. So here's the thing, monitoring and predicting consumer behavior uh, not that we've been right every time. What I just narrated is, you know, where it worked out for us. Of course, we predicted a lot of other behaviors and we tried uh, doing that, but that didn't work out. But the the ability or the, I wouldn't even say ability, right? I think the, the persistence to keep focusing on where is consumer behavior going in a, in a fast-changing digital media consumption world was super critical. And this is how we kind of completely changed our offering. But today we are also doing podcasts. We're also doing uh, short-form videos. We're doing... Um, webinars now and stuff like that so that is really to me the product market fit where the while the essence of what you give doesn't change but how you give it where you give it where you find new audiences uh, is super critical so very recently for instance two weeks ago up when, when this lockdown and stuff happened uh, we had a lot of parents writing to us you know they you know what what could be done for their kids and we've launched the better india junior now that's again opening up into a completely new audience which we didn't have and this is where i kind of say that the product market fit is very fluid and you need to constantly keep evolving that um on the fail fast thing um you know one of the things that i've always believed and uh, i've always been proven wrong is that there is an opportunity to build a sort of a private social network uh, you know, as the antithesis of what a Facebook is, which is a very public thing. But I always believe mm. that there would always be a need for a platform where a group of people with like-minded interests can come in and that will really take off. So I've had three attempts, Pankaj, to set up a forum on the Better India. Uh, wow. The first was a, was, a, was a plain vanilla sort of a thing where I said, okay, people are going to come and have discussions and um, let me create these. You know, there were, back then there were these forum and... Uh, 
you you could have forum topics and you know i we set up stuff around education and women empowerment and all of that and virtually nobody came there uh, and this was a time when we also already had like a at least a few hundred thousand people coming to us every month and nothing happened we, so but we we launched it we we didn't see it coming we shut it down um and we moved on to other things and then we eventually we figured that it's better to kind of go into other platforms and networks rather than you know uh, build forums on your own so, so there was a very sort of the and the entire exercise happened over a period of 5 months and we 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 realized and we concluded and we moved on so that's one example of where we failed fast this is, this is all uh, amazing learning uh, you know from better india journey so thanks so much for your time dimant and anuradha this is really helpful thank you so much for having us pankaj <laughs> Yeah, yeah, thanks, Pankaj. These questions actually took us back to the whole trip, so it's always a good thing to do. No, this was a short one, but we should keep talking. Godspeed and stay safe. Thank you. Thanks, Pankaj.